San Francisco or maybe even Venezuela uh, might be a, like a good example of this like anar anarcho-tyranny concept. So basically, biology says that um, uh, crypto anarchy is better than anarchy, and mm. uh, crypto civilization is better than. Uh, but actually. Uh, this anarcho tyranny is maybe even worse than anarchy, you know, because it's like mm -hmm. um, it's tyranny for uh, yeah, for the normal uh, law-abiding people, you yeah. know, and it's uh, anarchy for uh, like criminals, let's say, uh, like drug addicts uh, who are like causing trouble on the street, you know, and like let's say they are like um, uh, they they might be attacking someone, <laughs> but the, yeah. the person who uh, is being attacked, who is the victim, actually might get the fine instead, or like they he, he or she they they might get into trouble. I don't know. The media is like going after actually the victims of I don't know these crimes and not of of the perpetrators. Hello and welcome back to Ntambo Desk Podcast. My name is Dukum Tambo and today I'm joined with uh, I'm joined by Jakub Shimek, a co-founder of Wazisha Dao and an author of Wisdom Enterprising. Jakub wrote uh, an intriguing article on the concept of uh, anarcho tyranny and its impact on the decline of uh, San, uh, San Francisco. Jakub, uh, welcome to the show again. Hi Duke, nice to see you. Good to see you. And let's start by talking about the concept of anarcho tyranny. Can you explain to our listener what it means and uh, how it, con it has contributed to the decline of uh, San Francisco? Uh, hi, Duke. So, yeah, anarcho tyranny is like the, the combination of anarchy for some people, let's say the, for criminals, they have like they can do whatever they want on the streets and they are not punished, let's say for breaking into cars and tyranny for regular people who, let's say, get a parking ticket like um, tens of dollars uh, for overstaying a couple of minutes or like parking on a wrong side of the street. And so, like that—that's uh, what uh, Balaji means by anarcho tyranny. So it's like um, it can it it can be basically uh, abstracted uh, or explained as a case of uh, bad uh, uh, bad regulation in in terms of like it's not smart regulation. But it's uh, uh, yeah, the uh, analog regulator is for some reason uh, having like a bad uh, or high like a false positive and false negative uh, uh, rate of like false positives and false negatives. So he's like punishing the the, the wrong people and letting uh, and and um, and let's say uh, the the bad people, uh, or so the, he's punishing the wrong kind of people. So and letting go of the criminals, or like um, le letting the the criminals to roam free, uh, mm -hmm. let's say uh, causing trouble. So it's like the opposite of smart regulation. So it may be like to make it concise. So the anarcho tyranny is uh, opposite to smart regulation. So uh, it's. Um, it's not just like tyranny, you know, let's say uh, often like there is uh, uh, Snyder uh, wrote uh, this book like called On Tyranny, you know, after uh, Trump got elected, many people feared that America will slide into tyranny, you know, like mm, 
yeah, like many, many countries in like 100 years ago or something, they slid into tyranny, like pre previously they were democracies, but let's say now that they got some dictators, but actually <clears throat> also Trump and also like what's happening in the US is like more likely the scenario also that Balaji is describing as the American anarchy. That's the more more, more likely scenario, uh, the sci-fi scenario. And it's like, it's basically because the, the wokes and also the Bitcoin maximalists as a kind of a emerging, at least according to Balaji, a new emerging kind of political uh, movement that is uh, operating on the network, you know, and so the, the politicians are like downstream of this kind of like uh, internet movements. Uh, and so you have the wokes and you have the, the Bitcoin maximalists. So it's like the, the left liberal libertarians and the right libertarians. And they might be opposed to, to each other quite a lot. You know, the Bitcoin maximalists, they hate the woke capital, you know, like, uh, you know, the ESG and uh, because, <laughs> and the other guys, they hate Bitcoin because I don't know, it's uh, according to them, it's like energy um, inefficient or expensive it's we discussed it elsewhere that it's actually it's kind of misguided it's much um, more uh, energy efficient than reg regular uh, legacy banks yeah uh, but anyhow uh, just going back to the point so you have these two two factions that are actually quite uh, that are opposed to each other but uh, but the, the the sum vector of their uh, push of uh, is uh, down on a political compass towards more anarchy because like they're like left or right libertarians and they're like tearing the society uh, mm -hmm. kind of apart but or like uh, decreasing the the trust um the trust the societal trust you know and kind of um so the end result is like what what you saw like what we saw like the the riots of summer of 2020 you know like the mm -hmm. blm riots uh and uh, protests but combined with the, the january 6th the gen 6 uh yeah. kind of uh protests and um, yeah uh okay. so and if you see these like but you get like say uh, 10x or 100x more frequent so that's like the idea of um, american uh anarchy like the sci-fi scenario of balaji uh, that he opposes to um chinese control but uh, like the the yeah as you mentioned at the beginning like the san francisco or maybe even venezuela uh, might be a like good example of this like anar anarcho tyranny concept so basically balaji says that um uh crypto anarchy is better than anarchy and mm. uh crypto civilization is better than uh but actually uh, this anarcho tyranny is maybe even worse than anarchy, you know, because it's like mm -hmm. um, it's tyranny for uh, yeah, for the normal uh, law-abiding people, you yeah. know, and it's uh, anarchy for uh, like criminals, let's say uh, like drug addicts uh, who are like causing trouble on the street, you know, and like let's say they are like um, uh, they they might be attacking someone, <laughs> but the, yeah. the person who uh, is being attacked, who is the victim, actually might get the, the fine instead, or like they he, he or she they they might get into trouble. I don't know. The media is like going after actually the victims of I don't know these crimes and not of of, of the perpetrators. Or know, a good so. example could be also a working say class Uber driver would get say um sixty dollar parking fine for overstaying a few minutes. 
uh, while a criminal who breaks into their car walks free as the city has uh, de facto say leg uh, leg as de facto um, legalized uh, say safety under say certain amount of money or say like say $950. So so this this create uh, this situation creates a bad regulator with high false positive and uh, and um, false negative rates, uh, which could lead like regular people get excessively punished while criminals walk scot free. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's uh, uh, that's like uh, the the good su summary of it. So yeah. Right. Like so, the criminals who break your glass and get and steal your I don't know uh, something from your car they. Uh, they are not punished because yeah it's under 950 dollars or it, like the the local authorities are, are like overwhelmed by the crime wave so they they are slow to react or just uh, they don't have capacity to react to react to to this level of crime uh but yeah but if you are yeah parking on a wrong side you you get uh accessibly punished but in, in, in we, we, but it's kind of interesting, you know, because let's say people normally think about like tyrannies, or, like, I don't know, like, let's say if you contrast it to Belarus, you know, like, so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Belarus is like, um, I was there a couple of times, we were uh, in my previous work, we were doing some projects there. Um, yeah, actually, also like working with, uh, now you would call it like ESG, you know, something like uh, like uh, with local companies. Uh, but uh, yeah, but the, the the country is kind of like okay, autocratic or tyranny is for sure, and it's chasing away the the creative people, you know, like uh -huh. it's chasing away. But uh, and it's kind of like a it's like a museum of socialism you know something like uh -huh. you could you could go there and you could see how uh, uh how let's say czechoslovakia was before you know uh, it's like um of course they are not uh, i mean the state has a lot of power there and the state has also lo lo lots of economy is under the state you know i don't know how it's now but it used to be like 70% or or even more you know and you have mm -hmm. the state enterprises but the idea there is like okay so it's not it's kind of chasing away the the creative people and the, the um, yeah or the, the tech people and the skilled people uh but it's actually providing some kind of stability for the regular folks you know like you don't have um graffitis there you know it's mm -hmm. like you can see that there is no i mean you you get some organized crime of okay, maybe connected with the, the 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 regime uh but it's um but you get like safe streets you know you can walk in the e evening and you don't get like this kind of i don't know uh, let's say uh addicts uh, like chasing you on the street mm. uh, and like shouting at you and like uh yeah, yeah. i mean threatening your family uh and uh, but the case of like anarcho tyranny is like uh, kind of interesting uh, where you get like the the worst from the the both worlds you know like it's chasing away the creative people because like they are afraid of, of of their their lives you know and it's mm -hmm. also kind of like punishing the the regular people but it's also then uh, the, what happens it's like uh, then also the the just like regular people leave that country you know it's like everybody's leaving or i mean or that city so it's like the case of venezuela you know like then it was like the kind of like a darling of the the old left you know like the the venezuela the hugo chavez and they were all like kind of 
you know, uh, celebrating Venezuela and how, what's happening there up to a point and, and then it went off the cliff and then you had like this Maduro diet um, where, yeah, you know, people were like starving for a couple of months or, or yeah, so they lost uh, like uh, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of kilos or pounds, right? So yeah, like, yeah. Uh, okay, but, uh, but it, it, it's like there is a lot of pain in the in the nation or there is a, lo- a lot of uh, ruin in the nation uh, and so there is a lot of space for actually for uh, this to continue and go on uh, decades because like actually California is quite rich because of all these like big tech companies Hollywood and uh, media and also San Francisco because of venture capital and, and so mm, you know it's like kind of it can go on for a long time and then like but then there is like this external factor of like covid and remote work and suddenly the city sees the uh the exodus of loads of like t- technologically talented mm-hmm. people you know because it was it had this kind of network effect uh because of the the venture capital was all based uh, around the city and so it it was almost like a mm, uh, it's called what is it the curse uh yeah it's like you know it's like when you have oil as a country or, or some kind of like um uh precious metal or, or something mm-hmm. so it's like resource curse is the term you know so it's mm-hmm. like almost like a resource curse okay so california or san francisco they have a lot of like uh yeah tech companies so it's like the in this data economy or internet economy it's all like they have these resources and they have this resource core curse, meaning like super bad government uh, and governance compared to uh, actually how rich they are, you know, like they could have had like super, I don't know, uh, great go- uh, governance, but actually that's like the paradox of the resource curse, you know, so let's say mm-hmm. the DRC, you know, like Congo, they have so much uh, like... Um, so much natural wealth right but mm-hmm. but because of that natural wealth it's kind of like creating this kind of vicious circle of um yeah i think that's a great super example. bad go- go- governance so it's kind yeah. of like what uh what san francisco is be- becoming uh i mean because they have a long 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 way to to go into like let's say venezuela kind of situation uh but uh but as we discussed before like you have these like digital death kind of um moments like with silicon valley bank you know where yeah. uh, you can go from one to zero in a in a days in a couple of days or, or yeah. with with the, the city it can be actually uh years you know or months because they have mm-hmm. like 30 percent vacancy rate in mm-hmm. commercial real estate and there is some kind of building that was sold like 90 percent with the 90 percent discount you know so oh, wow Mm-hmm. And, and it's, uh, it's caused it's caused by this actually street crime you know it might be like a low level kind of uh, crime you know like just uh people not feeling safe on the streets but um mm-hmm. but it's caused by actually by a bad yeah, ideology it's not caused by the lack of uh lack of resources uh, to pay policemen it's like it's bad ideology actually and uh what about like uh europe like uh is it europe uh in in a in a whole or uh, Germany like um, regulating they want to regulate for example AI so that they can remain like uh, the museum of uh, 
of values to you know uh like uh yeah, you know, it's like for retirees, you know, like it's like a vacation resort for pensioners. Yeah, so yeah, the Europe. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny there. Yeah, on Balaji mentions it as well. Couple uh, on couple of podcasts that uh, Europe, you know, uh, the folks in the US they try to ban uh, advanced math, you know, like to make everyone equal. So like math is racist or it's oppression. It's kind of like what they are saying is like. <laughs> uh yeah it's it's kind of dumb but like not to be outdone uh you uh europe uh tries to regulate logic itself you know like so because you know some they they, they are proposing some ai regulation and basically they want to regulate algorithms and logic itself you know like what what is ai and then there is some kind of like um Annex uh, explaining the logic itself, you know. So it's like, mm. yeah, I mean, yeah, but they, as you normally uh, say, as you normally say, like uh, Europe are very good in terms of regulation, but uh, they are very slow in terms of coming up with their own innovations, uh, you know. Yeah, and I don't think they are so good at regulation. I mean, they are trying uh, to be good. Uh, probably, I mean, they they yeah, are more sensible. Analog, yeah, but they, uh... yeah, yeah, they might be more sensible in some. But for example, the the cookie banner regulation, the GDPR, it's kind of terrible. It's like making the the whole world miserable. And actually, the only regulation that was like inspiring, let's say, for China, coming from Europe, it was actually in agriculture. You know, it was like this geographical um, uh, kind of uh, geographical products, or like. Um, it's something mm -hmm. like a trademark, but like uh, for your local produce, let's say okay. if you have like a champagne, you know, so mm -hmm. champagne is from the champagne region. So it you can't call uh, another uh, sparkling wine champagne, but it, it, it needs to come from France and it actually needs to come from like this special region. So I think that's the only kind of <laughs> the EU regulation that is inspiring for the whole world, you know. GDPR might be like uh, I don't know. It's just like pain in in the ass for the <laughs> whole world. But it you know like they some some might uh, comply or it's kind of like but GDPR and this like agriculture the geographical kind of ter terms mm -hmm. or uh, trademarks or I don't know how is it actually called. That's that's the only thing maybe in um, the in. 10 or 20 years that was kind of inspiring for, and i don't know I, I might be wrong okay because like there is african union and i guess they are like uh they are in, being inspired by uh other things from the eu so you know the 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 the, the currency uh the, the you know euro and some kind of other issues so i don't want to be just like too negative uh but like but considering like let's say china or the us like what is how did uh, Europe inspire the, the U.S. or China? And so there are not so many uh, examples. <laughs> and okay. actually, uh, you know, like, for example, what Germany is doing, like with uh, uh, going uh, against nuclear power, like shutting yeah. up their uh, nuclear reactors is like uh, from the eyes of Chinese or even like Slovaks. Uh, it's like super dumb, you know, it's like mm -hmm. that, um, China is trying to bring uh, uh online like 150 uh, nuclear reactors in 15 years 
mm-hmm. because like now they're uh, relying uh, on coal coal for like 60% of their electricity and they want to reduce it and actually what uh, uh Germany is doing it's kind of like really just stupid you know it's, it's just going back <laughs> it's going back yeah, yeah. it's going back to actually... coal and gas Actually, uh, president had another conversation with uh, like a Sudanese British um, billionaire. It's called Ibrahim Mohammed or Mohammed Ibrahim. Uh, I think last uh, it was in this weekend, and they was talking about um, spearheading about the climate change, and he's like the president of uh, the like I think fifty four states in terms of uh, the climate change as uh, sector, and uh, yeah, they're planning to have like. Um, uh, a summit on the climate uh, African summit, just generally uh, on around it is to be around August. And uh, yeah, you were saying like um, yeah, these are the things. Some some of uh, uh, guys who are pushing for the agenda of uh, going green, they are the one also like uh, you know they're coming to say for example Africa to tell them not to use the uh, say coal, not to use the uh, fossils, but uh, at the same time. Um, uh, they are using it uh, on the other side. So he was trying to say, like, uh, if we could have a balance whereby um, if you want to use, say, for example, the coal you, from Africa, then you have to pay uh, for the damage that will cause, you know, so that the, that ca- that country will benefit, you know. So instead of saying, like, you guys should go, like, green and not utilizing some of the, the say, fossils that you're having on the coal, but these guys, they are also increasing uh, the climate, uh, they are you know, they are polluting the climate using the coal from the other side. So it doesn't make a balance at all because you are you are still polluting at the same time. Uh, people who are affecting affected most are still uh, the, in the African continent uh, uh, in general, and we are we are receiving less in terms of in terms of uh, compensation. I mean, that's true. I mean, this like energy poverty is real, and I think these like. Uh fossil fuels uh, should be viewed as bridge fuels you know so you, you, of course you want to go like you want to get like more solar and let's say if you have this like breakthrough in batteries and batteries get cheaper and you can have something like you know like the what is it the, the solar from mm-hmm. uh the rooftop solar from tesla and the tesla batteries uh, or some uh, other companies like this from China, uh, even like you know, I mean, Europe, European companies like these solar uh, panel companies, uh, they were beaten by the Chinese, and I don't know about the power, uh, the power wall or the uh, kind of like uh, the battery companies from Europe. Like there might be some actually, um, of course there are some, but like I don't know about any like compelling products or like I think the Chinese are winning the the race. So I think like uh, if Europe wants to be the leader, they need to be the technological leader, not the regulation leader. But like what? Yeah, I mean I think this criticism is correct as you mentioned because like for example Sri Lanka had this issue like they defaulted and they were pushed into this like too like too much ecological agriculture like bio fair trade something you know mm-hmm. like and especially also like too much of um like against fossil fu- uh, mm-hmm. uh, fuels you know but it's like they should be viewed as bridge fuels you know like yeah. i mean of course uh, i think uh, africa uh, can leapfrog the west in many technologies like with mpesa with mobile so yeah. uh so part partially like this kind of uh, view, let's say from 
from uh, Germany or from the, the Western media or Western, I don't know, regulators like OECD, it's kind of patronizing and it's kind of yeah. like, uh, it's true, uh, part of it, like maybe good faith, like they wish Africa could, could like leapfrog the West, uh, but it's kind of, but as you said, it's kind of ingenious, ingenious or like not sincere uh, when... Mm, Mm. Uh, and it's like you're yeah, preaching yeah. you're preaching <laughs> you're preaching water but you're drinking wine you know so exactly exactly because uh, like why is germany using more coal and more uh yeah yeah i mean why uh, why they switched off their nuclear i mean doesn't make okay. any sense now even uh Greenpeace Finland is like pro nuclear you know they 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 changed like they they because they see like what's happening with Russia you know and so they basically if you are uh if you are against nuclear you are giving leverage to all these countries that have that have like uh, natural gas and uh they are usually uh, autocratic if you don't count Norway or I don't know Scotland you know like many of these like um, countries they are not democratic and you giving them leverage you know to sell you uh, natural gas or to sell you coal and to sell uh, yeah i mean uh yeah i mean it's very very sad like what germany is doing and probably you know and they are making the electricity more expensive for everyone by switching yeah, off yes. the you know for the whole europe you know because yeah, it's true. actually you know like we could uh, we have like nuclear power uh in Czech republic also in slovakia and mm -hmm. if we like had like totally like na national grid or something we would have cheap electricity and the Ger germans they and german companies they would have expensive sure. electricity yeah. you know if we had like uh because we could be self-sufficient you know we are selling it to to other other countries and uh, czechs are selling it to and french companies are selling it to german mm -hmm. so like i mean if like um like super rich country like decides to uh, switch off their nuclear power it's just like for what reason you know it's just like to be yeah and so... to 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 please this kind of these boomers who were growing up in the 60s and they were against nuclear power so that's like you know just yeah. to please and... the, the 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 boomers and actually yeah it actually raises another question uh he was saying like uh yeah he was um talking to one of uh, his colleague, I mean, a state um, a leader, like president of uh, Uganda. And uh, he, the president asked uh, our president, uh, okay, you are, you are asking me to, or you are pioneer this Africa to go green and all that. Yeah, but uh, we have resources, you know, uh, these uh, forces and all that, yeah. Until, until the person comes and explains to me why I should not stop using, say, forces and the, the other guys are using it, then it doesn't make sense to me, you know, because uh, then they use, for example, the West use, uh, for example, coal and fossils um, to to pioneer their their manufacturing or their industrial, you know, you know, it was through those things, you know. But Africa, there's no industrialization that much, so we are in that st stage now. We are getting to industrialization, and uh, we have a lot of resources. Uh, which were used before by the, for example, uh, the Western countries to develop their industries and all that. But right now, we are uh, the African uh, countries are being stopped from using the first, the fossils, which uh, could be the easy, you know, um, easy energy to get because we already have the resources here, natural resources. But now, yeah, so his point was he was arguing like, why until the point where we 
somebody can explain to me like um, I should stop using this cheap uh, energy uh, to do the industrialization and still they, them they're still doing they're still using the energy you know but it still it still make a, a good debate you know no no but he's uh, he's right because like you should um, you should see these like fossil fuels as bridge fuel or kind of bridge fuel you know to to go against like more green energy but you, you know you even to produce solar panel panels mm-hmm. you need uh, you need fossil fuels you know it's like yeah. it's not it's not out of thin air so you need to think about them as as uh, um bridge fuels you know like i mean it's possible then in a couple of years you know it's like digital uh, if things will go digital like let's say electric vehicles like uh, will become actually cheaper than the internal combustion engine vehicles. Like it's happening on some markets, like let's say in China, probably. Yeah. But it's uh, trickles down. Like even, no, okay, but it, it's really happening like because, um, uh, for example, there is this BYD. Uh, it's like the top Chinese uh, automaker, one of the top uh, uh, electric, especially, and hybrid uh, automaker. And they have this uh, one model called Seagull. And I think it's like it's uh, it it costs like eleven thousand dollars in uh, it's kind mm-hmm. of a small car but not like super small it's like okay it's like Toyota Yaris or something like that even mm-hmm. maybe bigger you know mm-hmm. and it's it costs like eleven thousand dollars and the, the range I think is like three hundred kilometers something like that you know oh, wow. it's not yeah but it's like a normal kind of normal car and you can expect like these kind of innovations to continue and the range uh, increasing with the new types of batteries and the price dropping even further because of the um, the economies of scale so i i i do believe that the uh, africa will uh, again leapfrog europe in like similar to like mobile phones you know many people didn't have landlines but they went straight to mobile phones so but uh, but anyhow you need uh, you need fossil fuels to produce uh, i don't know solar panels and actually yeah. africa is already leapfrogging you know i saw like solar panels like in kivanjani you know in yeah in, in around Voy like 10 years ago or, and people were using it because you know I mean that's mm-hmm. that was and it was like now it's much cheaper you know like than 10 years ago so it's like uh, but it's not I think it's not either or but you also need petrol you know you need the diesel I mean you need yeah. uh, you, because I don't know even, for some kind of machines uh, you know, <laughs> even the battery yeah. for the electric cars still uh, being you know it's mining uh, yeah, it's, it's going. Place. It's coming from Congo, right? Yeah. Like DRC, <laughs> so we can't, yeah. yeah, we can't do really away with the fossil fuels, but we can reduce, you know, um, the usage and uh, yeah. But we we need to be in the same, uh, you know, in the same level uh, when we are saying like uh, we are doing this, we do it uh, uh, as a whole world, but not uh, preaching wine, uh, not preaching. I mean, preaching water and drinking wine. I, yeah, yeah, and and also the, the uh, also like Bitcoin mining can actually stabilize the grid, you know, so it can help like um, uh, also like it can make like natural gas uh, uh, production or I mean uh, mm-hmm. uh, extraction or how you call it uh, more effect uh, uh, effective and uh, like cheaper, and of course it's also stabilizing the grid, you know, like because it's like it's kind of acting as a 
yeah. as a money battery, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. and you have some kind of predictable demand or you can like, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there, there are other people who are like uh, much more pro fossil fuels, but I think it's not like either or. It's like, you know, it's they're like bridge fuels. And uh, of course, it's like with EVs or like with something like some digital technology. Like, yeah, of course, if it's going to be cheaper and safer and um, more practical and easier to use and cooler people will transition into evs you know like now teslas are like the kind of luxury pro mm -hmm. product then but they're becoming cheaper and cheaper and the chinese evs you know they're gonna be cheaper than the the i i and probably even like safer and more reliable because they have uh, like orders of magnitude less parts you know like 100x less parts than the internal combustion engine you know, mm -hmm. so you know at, at the end you do you know the the better products will uh will win but uh, i totally agree that you can't like make african countries to to pay for your sins you know for the <laughs> western sins of uh industrialization uh 100 years ago and so they they need to leapfrog technologically and not in a like some kind of like moral uh moral yeah it's not like moral innovation or moral progress meaning like uh you you know you should be just like <laughs> people shouldn't industrialize or something like that no it's it's definitely yeah it it should be like industrialization like the fourth fourth industrialization or something like with automation with robots mm -hmm. And I think it will be much cleaner, like the clean energy is definitely part of the, the solution, but it also fossil fuels are part of the solution, you know, it's just... Okay, that's yeah. a nice, uh, yeah, that's a nice uh, off-topic discussion. So let's come back again to uh, the concept of uh, anarcho-tyranny. So what do you think are the implications of anarcho-tyranny on liberal uh, democracy and how can we strike a balance between the chaos and uh, the tyranny? All right. I mean, it's just like the saying goes, I don't know who said it, that the liberal democracies dance uh, between uh, anarchy and tyranny, right? So it's like some kind of like, um, it's like a delicate dance between anarchy and tyranny. So you want to have like a, a enough creative kind of enough creativity or enough um, uh, not just like creative destruction, but like uh, uh, yeah, like Mm, freedom and security for uh, creative classes to 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 prosper and to to create let's say to to come up with new technological inventions uh, with new designs new companies uh, with new cultural products artifacts but you also want to provide like security uh, for for everyone not just like creative people uh, and especially you want to punish the criminals you know so it's like uh, being a good like or smart regulator and you also want to have like competition between smart regulators so for example you have like functioning societies where the high net worth individuals want to move in in so like let's say singapore and dubai um, i don't know monaco 
some other places, Hong Kong could be even, you know, and many of these places might not be like the, the traditional democracies or they may be more autocratic. But uh, at the end, or let's say El Salvador, El Salvador, you know, and many of these countries might have their issues. But ultimately, it's like uh, they are checked by the exit. So uh, they, you know, they should be like selective or they can be selective in terms of who they let into their country. Uh, so the immigration, you know, or the letting, you know, they can let just like the top talent into their countries. But they should, uh, you know, the ethical thing to do is to let anyone leave who, let's say, okay, there are some exceptions, like let's say some convinced criminals, they, you shouldn't let them escape your country, uh, you know, if they're criminals, uh, but... Um, uh, but generally, you want to uh, let uh, normal people leave. If they, if they want to leave your jurisdiction, you you let them leave. So the, the, your policy is checked by the uh, opportunity to exit, you know, by the mm -hmm. possibility of exit. So let's say, yeah, I mean, uh, Singapore is a functional society, and let's say Holland is a functional society, and they have quite different laws. Mm. And uh, mm, yeah, and uh, so. But both countries are uh, checked by the opportunity uh, and possibility of exit. So let's say uh, around like drug uh, dec decriminalization, you, can, you know, you have like, let's say uh, Holland, uh, so Netherlands, you have Portugal uh, and you have Singapore, which has a real, very, very strict drug policy. Mm -hmm. And but it's like also Balaji talks uh, uh, gives this example like so these like policy decisions they're like uh, sliders you know so you can have like uh, it's not like uh, either or but it's like uh, it's not a binary but it's like a slider so mm -hmm. let's say Portugal has a different approach than Holland and and Singapore has a different approach. And probably they're also attracting different kinds of like elites or people who want to move there. But they are all three examples of functioning societies where there are actually a lot of digital nomads and a lot, a lot of high net worth individuals. And none of these countries uh, has seen such a chaos as, uh, as San Francisco, you know, like with uh, street crime being legal, like uh, burglaries and like uh, car thefts and um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's the idea. So uh, it's about being smart regulator. You know, it it doesn't mean like every every country sh uh, should have uh, similar laws to the Dutch. You know, to to the Netherlands or to Portugal or to Singapore. Uh, it's like up to the the local citizens to decide. You know. So that's also the idea of fractal localism by Nassim Taleb, and it's like against this abstract universalism or this kind of monoculture mm -hmm. but at the end it's like uh, do people want to move in or they want to move out you know and do more people want to move in than move out so and this is like uh, the, the proof that the, the society is working uh, mm -hmm. that's a great point Jakub. Uh let's move on you also mentioned in your article that uh, Balaji has a sci-fi scenario of American anarchy versus uh, Chinese control um, maybe you can uh, just uh, in a brief uh, elaborate on that and what does it mean for the future of the West? 
Right. So, uh, yeah, just briefly, because, um, uh, yeah, I have to go soon to write uh, the next article mm-hmm. <laughs> by mm-hmm. the midnight, if yeah. I manage. Uh, yeah, but, um, mm, yeah, so it's basically, like, uh, just extrapolation of these, like, weak signals. That's also, like, what uh, Balaji is doing. Like, it's like the old establishment, he sees them as the opposite of venture capitalist or, like, the, the ideal venture because they they the old establishment gets always su- surprised because they are unable to spot weak signals and um, and some kind of events that that can go vertical. So uh, so they are always surprised. Let's say the banking crisis is a surprise. The two thousand eight financial crisis is a surprise. What happened in Afghanistan with the American withdrawal, kind of chaotic withdrawal, was a surprise. And like uh, with uh, uh, just speaking uh, con- uh, concretely or specifically about uh, the the future, the sci-fi scenario of the American anarchy, it's like the extrapolation of the current trends, like the Gen Six, uh, the the BLM riots of 2020, and uh, and if these trends kind of uh, continue and they uh, go vertical or exponential. Um, uh, or grow let's say 10x uh, then uh, you would get like this kind of scenario of American anarchy and it's kind of supported by uh, two movements that are operating on on the network as I said also at the beginning it's like you have this woke uh, kind of strange ideology of uh, seeing people as victims uh, and it's kind of like this uh, victim um, victimhood o- Olympics or oppression Olympics, you know, and uh, but it's a strange ideology because then it kind of uh, it's kind of similar to what happened in Venezuela because it's kind of uh, the the ultimate uh, uh, it's kind of giving like the free pass to criminals at the end, you know. It's like mm-hmm. uh, and it's kind of under um, tyranny the concept and it's kind of punishing the wrong people. So and it's punishing the regular people. You know, somebody is like writing some, um, let's say, a misunderstood co- comment on on the internet, and the person might get unbanked, uh, or some stupid comment or stupid joke on the internet, and you might get unbanked or unperson on the internet. But like the the criminal who is breaking into your car walks uh, like scot free. So that's like one one example, like this book uh, kind of ideology. And the second one, like with Bitcoin maximalism, if the the movement gains steam, it's again it's kind of like a, uh, it's an yeah. I mean, it's important to be. It's like Balaji says, we are all Bitcoin maximalists now, like in this banking crisis. Uh, but it also can be toxic. But uh, in an in extreme, like uh, it can be, um, it can lead into this like Mad Max world of like self sufficiency and this kind of crypto anarchy. You know, so crypto anarchy is better than anarchy, but crypto civilization is better than uh, mm-hmm. it's even better. You know, says Balaji. So. But these two movements are kind of, if they grow uh, stronger, then they will pull the uh, the society or the, the the political, you know, on a political compass. They mm-hmm. will pull it uh, like um, the the vector sum of their uh, of their pull is like down downwards. Uh, so it will uh, be like downwards into more anarchy, you know. So that's the idea. And the Chinese control is like the opposite uh, idea and the opposite sci-fi scenario presented by Balaji. Uh, it's like one. 
there is some kind of perceived attempt uh, on our the coup d'etat attempt in China, and that was like it's perceived that it was like supported by the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balji says like there is also, there are also some books on this like. Um, then the, the Chinese will kind of like clamp down on their civil society even much more vigorously than they have done so far, so maybe like 10 times more. Uh, and then they will unleash this kind of AI and drone armada and this AI surveillance machine that they have built. And at the end, what will happen is like they will and then export this uh, technology to uh, other countries, you know. So that's like the the, the Chinese control. It's like what um, uh, John Rock calls uh, the long night scenario. It's like the it's like digital uh, authoritarianism, or you can think about it like digital lockdowns. That's also what Balaji uses this term. So you have like the Mad Max world of, let's say, Bitcoin maximalism. You have like these uh, digital lockdowns or uh, the long night uh, kind of scenario of, um, yeah, of uh, unleashed China and AI uh, surveillance. And actually, there is a third one, uh, uh, just like to 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 discuss the AI, crypto, and social. So the s- s- third one is social technologies, and so the Twitter maximalism here, like uh, like so, is like uh, you know CCP, BTC, NYT. So the NYT kind of or Twitter maximalism of unleashed <laughs> Twitter maxis who uh, who try to vir- virtue signal uh, you know uh, to, to to their I don't know fellow journalists uh, the 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 end uh, game here could be like um, what I call the nuclear holocaust uh, holocaust <laughs> uh, times and it's basically just people going uh, like YOLO you know it's just like you live only you once, once you know yeah. it's just like uh, are you some kind of coward you know like what we should uh, we should fight Russia you know like who cares you know something like Balaji talks about this as well you know it's just like uh, people are being kind of uh, silly on Twitter but uh but but there are like uh yeah examples of these like for example one there was this rocket that uh landed in poland you know and actually actually it was probably not from ukraine but from russia it was just like some uh, misunderstanding with the coordinates you know like they were like mm-hmm. exchanged uh but uh but uh you know people were like ah so the poland was attacked so now we should attack russia and stuff but it's kind of like really dumb dumb i um uh, just virtue signaling on twitter because it's like so it's so dumb it's so different from how the this like nuclear brinkmanship worked during the cold war you know it's just like stupid people because like uh, they haven't experienced Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know, it was like back in the 45th, uh, the year 1945, right? Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, I wasn't born yet, no, but, you know, so many of these people, they were like, I don't know, they're boomers or uh, Gen X or uh, millennials, and they're just like, don't remember how bad it can get, so... Uh, so th- this is like the third kind of scenario uh, here. I mean, the 
the nu nuclear YOLO, YOLO cost uh, times, you know, so like NYT, like the Prestige Press uh, plus Twitter, like being unleashed uh, can lead to this one. But the American anarchy, uh, right, it can lead to this like woke kind of situation like in San Francisco or in the future, maybe something like Mad Max kind of world, like also where the Bitcoin maxis and the crypto anarchists are like prevailing in some areas where the state just like became failed state um or some cities all right and the the, the third scenario is like this ccp or um, maximalism or like this uh uh yeah chinese control as bology calls it and the the positive just to end up on a positive note and he also calls about like the center uh it's like the American anarchy, uh, Chinese control, and international intermediate. So it's like the countries that, uh, even in, like in Latin America, Africa, or something like India, India. Israel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the countries that uh, experience like the volatility, they experience like uh, inflation in their past, they experience like all these like uh, chaos, and now they want to have some like more stable and peaceful, uh, peaceful times. So they're like in a different arc of their, <laughs> their civilization. Mm -hmm. They're like in an upwards, uh, upwards arc of their civilization. And they can be like the, these like uh, mediators and these intermediates. Like So India embracing crypto would be like one sign of this uh, scenario happening. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a very uh, great explanation, uh, Yakub, about the two concepts of uh, American anarchy and Chinese control. Uh, it, I think it's interesting to think about the future in uh, such a way also uh, in terms of uh, also the, the third aspect of, or the positive aspect of India coming in as a, you know, as a mediator or as a neutral, uh, uh, as a neutral uh, country. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that uh, uh, is so inspiring. And thank you for joining me uh, again today and uh, for sharing your insight with our audience. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Duke. It was great to talking to you. So take care and see you soon. See you soon too. Um, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jakub Shimek. Please don't uh, forget to subscribe. Give this episode a thumbs up and be sure to come back uh, next week for another episode. Until then, this is Duke Mtambo and don't forget to do good. Always.